This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the podcast, let's focus on hoops. We're doing a lot of football on the podcast with our position previews, getting ready for training camp, but there's a lot of basketball going on, and that means Derek Piper has been out and about on the recruiting trail, just was in Kansas City at the EYBL circuit. Derek, what was the go-to? Uh, did you get some some spare ribs somewhere? Did you get some, some ribs? Did you get uh, some brisket? Where'd you go? I did get some ribs. I'm trying to think. The name of the place has escaped me. I got so many people. I was trying to get a lot of recommendations and I, so many places. Uh, I didn't hit uh, Jack Stacks. I know that Joey and I hit that on the way to Nebraska. Q39 is another one that's popular. I, I found one spot that got myself some ribs and some potato salad, and it was good stuff. Uh, I only ate barbecue once, which is probably a sin for being in Kansas City for four days. But when you're in the gym a lot, you kind of just eat what's at the venue. When you don't go off-site, so – I uh, did get myself some ribs one night, but other than that, it was whatever was convenient. What, what do the EYBL people feed you, you and the coaches? Like, what were you and Brad Underwood eating while you're out there? Uh, well, Chester was really into this like chicken wrap uh, that was really good. I, I didn't have that. Uh, I did get a club sandwich. You know, something a little light on the lighter side. When you're traveling, you eat so much like fast food and stuff, and by day two or three, you're just like, oh, I can't. If they give me fries, I can't even eat them. So uh, usually, just some some light sandwich uh, action on that on that front. There's a Joey Wagner joke in there somewhere, uh, but I'm going to lay off of him uh, for this time. Uh, Tyler Underwood, when we were in Kansas City, when I was in Kansas City for that tournament last year, he said Q39, and uh, that worked out really well for me. Uh, that was a really yeah. good suggestion by a guy who spent a lot of time in Kansas. All right, Derek, I want to talk to you all about what you saw uh, in, in Kansas City, including the top 2023 target for Illinois basketball. Uh, obviously, some top 2024 targets, including the commit, Marez Johnson, and uh, some new 2023 offers. So we'll dive all into that. But it is summer, and uh, we got summer league. We got summer workouts for Illinois. So let's start uh, on summer workouts for Illinois because we can't be in there by NCAA rule. Brad Underwood wouldn't let us in there anyway uh, by, by his decision. But obviously we hear things that come out of these summer workouts. So let's start with with a guy I think could have a monster season a guy who now is in two of the most credible NBA mock drafts. Now, these are way too early mock drafts. Curbelo was in some mock drafts at this time last year. So we use that qualifier, but I think it's a very big positive. Coleman Hawkins is starting to receive that buzz, and you and I see it. The skill set is what the NBA is looking for in a front court piece. Uh, but what are you hearing about Coleman Hawkins? Obviously going from the only starter returning uh, and ended the season playing some of his best basketball of his life. Heard a lot of good things here recently about Coleman. I know that this is a huge offseason for him to develop his jump shot, to have the game slow down for him a little bit, because while he does have that skill offensively to do some stuff off the dribble, there are times where he just played a little sped up. And I know Brad said he would 
not play where he'd jump stop and, and play off two feet. He would get caught with those momentum and, and maybe make some mistakes, make some turnovers. But there's no doubt in terms of the profile of what the next level is looking for with the size, the length, the mobility. Defensively, I mean, you keep going back to that Keegan Murray performance where he was defending him in the regular season finale and where Keegan gets selected even over Jaden Ivey, how Keegan's played in the summer league. It just continues to be like more of a, a focal point of what a masterpiece by Coleman Hawkins to not completely shut him down, but really contain him uh, at a great level in that game. And obviously Ron Harper Jr. was another one that he had a success against back in December. So uh, I think Coleman, he really had some people scratching their heads at one point this offseason with some of his comments and about – you know, I haven't talked a lot with the staff and kind of waiting to see, see how the dominoes fall. Ultimately, it was one, it was one of the weirdest interviews. And, I, and that's why <laughs> he was so vague about everything. I, I was finally yeah. like, Coleman, are you coming back? And and he is, right? It, it was odd. I, I know it probably ruffled some feathers, but man, the opportunity in front of him. It always never made sense for him to leave here, Derek. Right. And I agree with that. I, there was some tension, I think, uh, resulting around that or just existing there. And ultimately, Coleman just wants to be able to show what he can do. And I, I think that look he's not alone he's a little bit more vocal than most players might speak his mind a little bit more than most players but I think a lot of guys will go through the portal process and try to wait and see like okay if they bring in this guy what does this mean for me I'm going to be a junior and I I should be stepping into a big role so he's wanted that and now they've got out on the practice court it sounds like he's playing at a another level as far as his the way he's locked in his confidence his production he's bringing it every day I think this group of guys around him is really based on what I've heard have been good for him because there's a lot of hungry dudes out there on that court. There's guys that know that they can have a big year and go pro. There's young freshmen that are trying to make their mark and know they're talented and, and trying to crack the rotation or, you know, carve out a big role for themselves. So it's been really competitive, and it sounds like Coleman here recently has really uh, sh- shined with his play both at both ends. Yeah, I, I don't mind Coleman being like, hey, like I, I should be a go-to guy this year. I think he he earned that last year. He's ready now to kind of take on that role. But that doesn't mean Brad Underwood shouldn't be adding more pieces around him to make him better and to push him. And I think it's it's a very big positive, and I think it could be great for all sides um, moving forward. You mentioned his defense on Keegan Murray, Ron Harper Jr. I, I would put that performance up there as well. Um that's what I'm going to hammer home. Like, I know I know Coleman probably wants to average like 15 points a game, right? Like, he, he'd love to, and I think he's capable of doing it. He doesn't need to. He really doesn't need to be that to be as high of a draft pick as he wants to be or to be a draft pick. I think his goal, and I keep hammering this, Derek, and I will all offseason, be the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year because I think he can be. And I think his role in the NBA is going to be guarding guys like Keegan Murray like he did last year guarding those big wings, being able to switch and pestering them, and then making open threes. If he shoots 35% from three, averages double digits, and is one of the best defenders in the Big Ten, I think he's going to be a top 40 pick in the NBA. Yeah, I'd fully agree with that. I think that his upside defensively is really, really high. and He's shown what he's able to do with, like you said, his length, his mobility, his switchability, and now that this defense is going to be more positionally versatile and they're going to switch some things and they're going to uh, gear towards that side. I think that's just going to allow Coleman to shine even more uh, of switching on to wings, switching on the guards. He's got the foot speed to be able to do it. I think this team's going to try to get a little bit more aggressive as far as turnovers go. And you know that defensive player of the year, sometimes you need those counting stats. You need the steals, you need the blocks, but Coleman can slide over. And if there's a guard driving the lane, Coleman can slide over and block a shot. I think that he can get his hand in the passing lane and get some steals, but I mean, if he shuts down 
the Chris Murray's, you know, Keegan's brother, if he goes, uh, if he gets a matchup with Trace Jackson Davis, we'll, we'll see. There's other guys around the league that he's going to have some big matchups with. But uh, I think that the staff has a lot of confidence in what he can do at that end. I think that really plays into his stock offensively. If he just continues to build off what he showed defensively and shoot the ball a little bit better uh, at the other end, I think that he's definitely put himself in position to be a draft pick. Yeah, we know he can play make. He can pass well. Uh, he just doesn't need to force things on that end. I think if he runs the court, he's going to get a lot of easy points. I think he's going to find a lot of open shots with the talent around him as well. So I'm, I'm excited about what he's going to do. All right, Terrence Shannon, newcomer. He's been on a campus for about a month there. Another guy that's getting NBA draft buzz, and that's not a surprise. He was getting it at this point last year. Had the injury that slowed him down a little bit. But we keep saying, like, if we have to fill out who's the leading scorer for Illinois – it's probably Terrence Shannon because he's scored more than anybody on this team, uh, I believe, in college. Maybe Meyer because he's played another season. But um, Shannon is the most proven scorer at this level. Uh, so what are you hearing uh, about Terrence and, and what he's bringing to the program already? Well, Brad's been very vocal about his work ethic and has made the comparisons to Io as far as the work he's putting in, in the gym, which I know me personally, I think a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that's that's really sacred ground there. Like, Io is the is – the, the example of in the gym constantly living in the gym three workouts a day you want to be careful with that but yeah you know, like, you know like sometimes like we say like hey the comps we should be a little careful with them brad is not brad just brad loves no. the comps he loves the comps more than we do i think he does sometimes i think he just throws us out there to see the reactions yeah. and, and see who's getting fired up about it who's buying it who's who's on the other side of it trying to be like all right brad's going hyperbole again but uh, it's been pretty consistent around the program of Terrence being a tireless worker, a guy that's in the gym every morning, a guy that's pushing others around him uh, with his competitiveness. I know that I talked to Tyler on the radio. He said that he's got that quote unquote Chicago dog in him. So uh, he's someone that wants to challenge somebody each and every day. And it sounds like the battles between him and RJ have been really good. I think that Terrence has pushed RJ and brought the best out of him. And that's only going to help someone that's got a chance to make a huge sophomore leap to see that and uh, another thing that everybody knows Terrence is explosive and, and transition can really play above the rim. And last year was a really efficient catch and shoot guy. But uh, this, the buzz that I've heard is defensively, you got to watch just his impact there because he's so strong. He's long, he can move. And they're working on his flexibility to continue to loosen up his body a little bit more. He had the back injury last year that kind of kind of really nagged at him as far as some of his ability to rebound, some of the things that he traditionally did when he was feeling 100%. So they're trying to work on that. Uh, but they, they've said defensively he's really been a, a menace and, and just brings that competitive fire each and every day. Yeah, and I'm about to transition to Matthew Meyer here. Like, one thing we're talking about with some of these best players on the team, Coleman, Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, R.J. Melendez. I think all those guys can play with each other, play with every piece on the court. They're so versatile. We've talked about that. But they all should be able to defend. And that's where I think this team is uh, could be really, really good. All right, Terrence Shannon, probably as high of a floor uh, as anybody on this team, which is why, you know, I think I think he's going to be an NBA prospect because he's a big body, as you said, athletic, um, can shoot threes, can defend. The, the question I think Derek would be, can can he play make for himself? Can create for himself? And I would imagine he gets a lot of opportunities to do that this year. For sure, they're really repping him, playing in ball screens, and they want to have a team that is going to have multiple guys playing off of the ball screen, whether it be Terrence, Matthew Meyer, Coleman can do it a little bit, Ty Rogers. So it's not just going to be Sky Clark and Jaden Epps point guard ball screens. It's going to be a handful of different guys. And 
Terrence last year struggled in that. He had, I, I think you look at Synergy, he had 60 or 70 possessions playing out of ball screens and his efficiency was was not good. I think he was in 11th percentile in the NCAA. So uh, what they've noticed is he has a tendency to play sped up in that, um, has an issue with turnovers and his off the dribble shooting needs to get better. So that's kind of that in-between game. We've talked about that before where at the rim, he can really finish. He can also hit the spot up three, but can he make a jump shot off the bounce if they're going to give him that in-between? Can he make the right decision and play a little bit more slowed down? But uh, by giving him those reps this summer, they're hoping that that gets to be something that he's a lot more comfortable with. If he can really be – because I think he's going to be him and Meyer and be the primary options in your offense. You think about late game running stuff for Terrence, running stuff for Matt. The ball's going to be in their hands, and maybe it is coming off a ball screen and making a decision, and they just want him to be comfortable with that, and that's something that he's trying to progress forward with. Matthew Meyer, the one thing you keep hearing from Brad Underwood is, and Tyler said it to you, I believe, in your interview with him, uh, he can play and make with the ball in his hands, right? That seems like they've, they're they pushing that as, as more of a strength for Matthew Meyer. So he got on campus last week, uh, had to go through some testing and things like that to, to be cleared to play and all that. But um, what, what are you hearing about Matthew Meyer and what he could be? They're just really excited to see the battles between him and Coleman, between – and you throw Terrence in there and Ty Rogers. And uh, they, they've said to make sure that, you know, don't underrate Matt's athleticism too. Like he's a, they think he's a really good athlete, uh, his mobility, the, what he can do defensively as far as switching on the guards and just having a lot of space that he can cover with his length. But yeah, I, he's someone that if you watch him at Baylor, he did take some ill-advised shots, but he's someone that can push it in transition and make a go make a play, get to the rim, hit a pull-up three. And, yeah, I think passing-wise is something that they like out of him too. So uh, they need to see it play out here in workouts, get acclimated, understand, you know, rotations and everything, and, and just get get adjusted to the new system, his new teammates and everything. But uh, they're really excited about Matt, what he's going to bring. And he's really that piece that once you added him, you could go all in on that positionally versatile switching stuff and and just having this kind of idea of a new style of basketball I think adding Matt already I mean you had Ty and you had Coleman and you had taking Kofi out of the mix uh, was already gearing towards it but once Matt was added as well I mean someone that could play the four someone that can play the five in a small ball lineup uh, there's a lot of excitement about the versatility that he brings of course, a lot of excitement about this freshman class, one of the best uh, Illinois added in a really long time, Derek. So um, I, I was going to say, like, one of the MVPs of this offseason is going to be the strength and conditioning coach, Adam Fletcher, right? I mean, you talk about Sky Clark coming back from his knee injury, um, and then, of course, Terrence Shannon with his back. And I, Illinois done a great job putting out some content, uh, promoting their guy, Adam Fletcher. And it's it's really informative. It's really good. Um, so what, what are you hearing about these freshmen, especially you know Sky Clark coming in and now Ty Rogers uh, obviously coming back after a, a great summer with USA Basketball? I know that Sky's still not 100% and not full go quite yet. He's going through some drills. He's been shooting the ball really well. Uh, I know that's something that I've heard about him and uh, has a great stroke, great handle. It's just getting him back to where he's ready to just let loose, but also, you know, explosiveness wise with his quickness. I think that's going to be important in terms of getting by guards at this level, but uh, they're, they're being patient and they can be. They still got a lot of time before the season starts here to, to really let him loose. But uh, I know that he's trending in the right direction. We'll have to see once he gets full go five on five, what that ultimately looks like. Jaden Epps is someone I've heard a lot about his quickness. He can get in the lane whenever he wants. We know that he's a bucket getter, that he's wired to score with his pull-up jumper. Uh, he can hit from three. I think when he 
gets one thing I noticed about him in AAU, and it sounds like when he's able to get in the lane around traffic, he really handles himself well. He's got some strength to him. He can still see the floor uh, for kickouts and everything. And I, I think the they've been really excited just about this group as a whole. And uh, again, Sky hasn't really been a ton in the mix full go, but defensively, these these guys can cover a lot of ground. Like Jaden with his quickness, his toughness, he's a pit bull. Ty Rogers, we know his length. He, we know how much he loves to defend. And and Sincere Harris, someone that needs to shoot the ball better a little bit from the outside and still needs to add some strength. But uh, they love his upside as a two-way type of defender, uh, three-point shooter that can combine both of those dynamics and have his quick twitch athleticism. So uh, like most freshmen, they're still learning. They still have mistakes that you, you hear talking about. You know, they, they need to still learn about defensive rotations, not making mistakes, but uh, they're really excited about that group and, and know that they're going to be able to be guys that can compete and, and push certain guys for minutes. And uh, I think the point guard spot is going to be really interesting, though, as it as it plays into late in the summer, into the fall, how Sky and Jaden battle each other and just how that group in general is handling you know, not turning the ball over and doing the right things. You know, sometimes Sincere Harris gets kind of left out of the conversation of freshman because I do think he's going to have to add strength, right? But, I mean, I think he can defend right away, uh, at least from an athleticism and length standpoint. He's got to add that strength. But he's the guy that I feel like when he's an upperclassman, Derek, like those guards at Houston, like he's got some of that to him. Um, I I was just going to mention, like, in, in 2K, eventually are they going to have, like, dog is one of the things like you got agility <laughs> accelerate like shooting all that like that dog in him like is that gonna yeah. be it dog uh and i think he's got a lot of that but he's got that athleticism that switchability defensively and uh obviously he has a pretty good offensive game from high school uh it's gotta gotta translate to the college level but uh, like a tajay moore guy i can see yeah. him developing into that down the road yeah the dog icon that <laughs> anthony edwards should have that dame willard should have you, you, you pass that along to Ty Rogers and Sear Harris, Jaden Epps. Uh, definitely, no doubt. And Tajay Moore, when you said Houston, that's exactly what I thought of as yeah. someone that's really bouncy, that's long, uh, that's a good defender. And I, I, yeah, I think it's just strength. And I, I think it's improving the three-point jumper. There's no doubt in my mind. It's going to be early in the season. Illinois is going to be up big, and, and they'll have the – the reserve lineup in there and sincere Harris is going to make a play in transition where he's going to throw down an impressive slam and the, the orange cross team like, Oh man, th this guy, this is one of our guys, or he's going to get, he's going to mix it up with somebody because he's, he's really competitive and, and jaws a little bit. I think that he's going to endear himself to the fan base pretty early on, but yeah, as he gets stronger, as he develops, there's a lot of excitement about what he can be. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, a decade ago, kind of the Michigan state had, a bunch of those guys it felt like um feels like brad underwood's kind of taken some of those guys ty rogers sincere harris uh seem to fit that bill uh all right derek i want to get to the summer league at some point we'll wrap up with uh thoughts on kofi coburn and malcolm hill but let's get into the eval period what you saw in kansas city and let's start with the number one the no doubt top prospect on illinois board might not be the highest ranked but it certainly feels like he's going to get a little bit of a bump after what you eric bossy everybody saw out in Kansas City and, and throughout the spring as well. Amani Hansbury, um, you know, big posts, got a little bit of versatility to him, could probably play four, small ball five, uh, could guard some threes maybe. But what did you see from him? Because it seems like everybody came away really impressed. Saw everything from him. <laughs> I mean, he's just a guy that is, is productive in so many different areas. He had a bunch of games where he had a couple of double doubles and he just stats 
you know, stuffs the stat sheet with his points, his rebounds, his blocks. He's had games where he's had six to eight assists and uh, love his energy, love that dog in him. You're going to sense a consistent theme here uh, with Brad Underwood's uh, recruiting targets. But uh, Amani is definitely one of those guys. And on a team that features Kwame Evans, who's a top 10 prospect in the class, and uh, Jonathan Lamoth, who's a committed at Maryland, that's top 50, top 60 in the class. Hansberry was the best guy on that team, Durant team, that went five and one through the weekend, the most productive, the most consistent. And that says a lot. And I think that he is due for a boost in the rankings. Is he going to crack the top 100? I think that's something that uh, – now, Bossy's just seen a lot more guys than I have. I just think in a general sense, he looks the part uh, of a top 100 guy. I know that, you know, pro potential is factored in there, and he's not the most athletic, and he's a smaller type. Of, if he's playing the five, he's a small ball five at six eight. Uh, and, and does need to expand his game with his jump shot. But that's one thing that I saw from him this past weekend that I didn't see in Louisville was him hitting mid-range jump shots with pretty much regularity. Like, he, it was a good-looking, you know, pull-up jumper if he's if he's taking off the bounce or just kind of that drive and kick, and he kind of takes that baseline 15-footer. Uh, he was making that at a good rate. I think his ability to create in transition is really – unique for a big guy I mean six foot eight 225 if he grabs a rebound he's gonna go uh, and can find streaking guards can find uh, different guys and sees the the floor really well for someone of his size and defensively really gets after it there was a game against the Indy Heat uh, where they have a one-point lead with about 30 seconds left and they get switched on if I'm remembering correctly he gets switched onto a wing who then drives him and he's he swats it on like a reverse layup attempt and swats it out of bounds and I, I think that you look at the ranking, he's not a highlight tape type of guy. He's not super flashy. He's not a guy that's going to maybe jump off the pit, the screen when you're watching his highlights. But if you watch him within the context of a game and see all the plays that he makes and how productive he is, then you really come to appreciate Amani Hansberry. So Illinois did a great job of recognizing that late in the spring to go all in. Uh, they're in a dogfight with Penn State. Now Auburn just offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to take a visit to Miami. Uh, but he's trending in a really good direction right now. And Illinois did a good job of uh, pushing the gas at that time late in the spring. And, and we'll see where it goes from here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Derek, for people who haven't seen him, I've only seen the highlights and I've heard you and Bossy and read everything about him. Is this like, a, is he like a mix of Ty Rogers and Zed Key? Like what, what would people be watching? Like if he's on the court, do you have a comp for me? All right, so uh, I tried to pass this off with a guy that's familiar with rankings, and he said it wasn't an awful cop. And, okay. and so I'll I'll go with that. He reminds me. Now this isn't a, this isn't 
a perfect one. And it is on the high end in terms of what you're going to see in terms of an NBA player. But play style, if you're talking about play style, to me, he is a 6'8", less athletic version of Al Horford. That's kind of what his play style reminds me of. He's going to be that big-bodied guy that can play on the perimeter. I think as he progresses, he can be a pick-and-pop weapon, uh, can facilitate a little bit. And then the jump shot is kind of that – that set jump jumper that takes a little bit with the release, but uh, it does go in from the mid range. And then in the post, like he can finish left hand, right hand. Uh, he's going to have some defensive mobility and, and versatility. But yeah, I think that if you if you want to call him a bigger Ty Rogers, that certainly makes sense. If you want to uh, factor in like a Zed Key and Nigel Hayes, a, a little bit of Travion Williams, like a, any of those those type of guys make sense. But I think you, you got to make sure to remember. I mean, this is a guy's pretty skilled like yeah. he's he's a guy that can do some things as far as like off the bounce and creating uh, while also having that physicality in the paint so uh he's he's a unique type of post player but uh if you kind of go in the lab and mix some of those guys i, I think you're on you're on the right track for sure yeah i'm just like it's amazing i keep thinking of like michigan state guys when it comes in so i'm like trying to think of like is he more nick ward xavier tillman is he you know what i mean like is he xavier tillman's not a bad one yeah i mean xavier might be a little bit bigger but um yeah i mean i love those kind of players um i, I was so high on xavier tillman out of michigan state uh as an nba guy just because i thought he'd find a role and and, and certainly has it's just a guy who impacts winning right and uh, yep. i think that makes a lot of sense for what they want all right let's focus a little bit on 2024 before we get back to 2023 because it's kind of hansbury and then who else in that class but you got to see a lot of the 2024 saint rita trio uh first of all what did you see from marez johnson what have you seen from him so far uh since he committed to illinois marez with his athleticism and size is very unique i think you are hard pressed to find somebody at the four that really can athletically and size-wise match him uh, in terms of this class and the guys he goes up against. He's, he's got a great motor. It, it's always – you go back to the strengths that he has. It's it's motor, it's hitting the glass, it's athleticism, uh, and then the skill part needs to still come along. Now, it's not he, – he has made some strides in that in that sense. I've seen him have some, some moments where he catches at the top of the key and he rip drives and goes to the rim and gets fouled or, or is able to finish. Uh, the jump shot, I haven't seen a ton of. I, he hasn't taken a lot of jumpers. It's not like he's he's putting up a bunch of mid-range jumpers and missing, but I think that's something that he needs to get more comfortable and confident in. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's had some some double-double type games. Uh, I love the high-low action they run with James Brown and Merez. I, I love the, the chemistry that they have, and they put James on the perimeter a lot of times and throw it into Merez, and he's able to make a play. Uh, so I think that it's just – as right now going into his upperclassmen, it's just adding some skill. He's becoming more consistent with some of his moves off the bounce and hitting some jumpers. But I mean, he, he blocks shots, he rebounds. His effort is always an A plus as well. So uh, while he's not the most polished prospect, which isn't a bad thing with two years of high school left. And I know we said, you know, he's kind of in the mold of like a Musa Diabate. As that continues to, to mature and, and develop, uh, he's got still another gear to hit, so which which gives him a high ceiling. He's just not quite there in terms of being a dominant force, but he he definitely has the athleticism. It's great to have have the measurables, have the athleticism, and add the skill versus yeah. have the skill and try to create athleticism. That usually doesn't work. So uh, I, I like his upside. He's he's just still got a ways to go with the ceiling, which is which isn't a bad thing for a guy going into his junior year. 
Yeah, it might be 16. I think he's 16. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to yeah. remember that sometimes with these kids who are 2024s. All right, James Brown, his teammate, um, who's kind of borderline five-star prospect, a little higher ranked than Marez Johnson. I think I saw him at his worst game because he fouled out in like 12 minutes when I saw him in the spring. But he obviously has had a huge spring, huge summer, uh, You know, competed, was at the tryouts for USA Basketball. And some of his offers here recently, Derek, um, Ohio State, Texas A&M, North Carolina, Indiana, Michigan. This is turning into a, a higher-level recruitment. Why? And then how do you think this recruitment is going to go? Because Illinois got in very early, seems to have a good relationship. Uh, but, man, this one feels like it's going to be a national recruitment. You said it right there. It's going to be a lot of people involved and are trying to be involved. We'll see as far as who he really narrows it down to and how long he keeps it wide open. But – it's going to be a really high-level battle because I think North Carolina is very serious about him. Duke is interested. I saw John Shire at one of his games late in the weekend just giving him a look and, and seeing what he uh, what he's looking like. And he's trending in a really great direction. I think that earlier on, uh, and while he was, he's been highly ranked throughout his, his time as a prospect in high school, but maybe you wonder, is he a tweener? Is he a guy that's uh, inside but doesn't have a legit seven-foot size? But at six foot ten, with a lot of length, he's got great touch around the basket. Uh, if he catches it in the paint, he's, he's going to finish. He's got great footwork. Uh, he's he's very polished for being a, a, someone that's just now going in as an upperclassman. He's very polished inside with the moves that he has, and and he's taking another step forward. I know I was talking to Bossy, and Bossy said, "Man, he's he's gotten more athletic over the last year, and that's something that certainly has been noticeable. The way that he runs the floor, he's starting to." be someone that pushes it up the floor after a rebound and, and can do some things off the dribble. Uh, the jump shot's still something that needs to come along. I think that's kind of the next step for him. Uh, and defensively, he really competes. He can move his feet. And with again, with a length, he can block shots. He does still, uh, on your note of foul, you know, getting into foul trouble. He, he had a couple of those games this past weekend where he's still a little too overly aggressive and uh, can can get himself into some, some problems there. But there's a lot of upside with him. And uh, he's just... He's playing really, really well. And I just think that if he can make a jump shot from 15 feet out, it's going to be really hard to stop him on offense and, and defensively just has a lot of mobility. Some of the things we talk about with Coleman Hawkins as far as like length, what he can cover, maybe switch a little bit. Like I'm not saying he's at the same level as Coleman, but as a five-man that's on the, you know, the mobile side of it, he's got some, some real upside on that, on that sense. I think Merez and James have personalities that complement each other too. Uh, Merez kind of, kind of has that dog in him. James has, yeah. just has a lot of energy, uh, always a smile on his face. Uh, There's interesting to watch in that way too. Uh, what is Noyes Indrusitis uh, brought this spring and summer, Derek? He's been up and down. Uh, I, I saw him in late May and I loved him. I thought he was as good of. I think. I've, if you ask me how that trio was in Louisville uh, at the UIBL session uh, in late May, I thought he was the best of the three. And then you went into June and, and some of July, and he's been a little inconsistent. And I think that when you're a, a jump shooter, you're going to have stretches where the shots don't go in. And, and that's just going to be the reality of it. But uh, we saw him this past weekend have an, a game with 35 points, and he barely missed he had six threes and just took over the game with his shot making and I think he's a high level shot maker he's had some other games where I know in the 16U championship I think he only went two for 11 or uh, somewhere around that, that range as far as uh, his field goals that uh, he just missed he missed good looks and 
he does need to get stronger. I think that's one thing that's kind of become apparent when he's going into the lane against some some bigger, more athletic type of guys that can kind of knock him off his spot, knock him off balance. But uh, I still really love the way that he projects. I think he's going to be a big time shooter. And I like that he can do some things off the dribble that some guys, when you characterize shot maker as just catch and shoot, I think that what I've seen with Noyes is that he can put the ball on the deck and create his own shot. So uh, it's been a little bit inconsistent here recently, but not something I'm too too worried about. I know the staff isn't either. Yeah, he's a top 100 kid. Uh, he's got. He's not just a sharpshooter. I agree with you. He can. He can. He can handle a little bit. And uh, I don't get too concerned about some shooting slumps, right? Like it. It, it happens uh, with the best of them. Remember Trey Young's summer league or whatever. Like it. It happens. Yeah. But I, I think he's got. Um, he's a really interesting prospect. All right, Derek. Uh, before we move on and, and wrap this up, a lot of new twenty twenty three offers kind of going out here. Um, it's it's an interesting class. Doesn't seem like it's a great class nationally or in state. Um, so of the new offers, uh, which ones interest you the most? I think you look at Papa Conte from the New York Wrens as a six foot ten guy. Great name, like you said. Uh, someone that had a huge weekend. Had, a, had some games where he finished with sixteen rebounds and four blocks, and and had a number of double doubles, and was really impactful. And someone that just plays with a high motor. He's athletic. And he can cover and block shots. He can hit the glass, but now he's shown that he can hit some jump shots too. He was knocking down some threes, knocking down some mid-range. So uh, he's kind of exploded here recently. It's going to be tough to crack for Illinois when you look at, he's already gone on officials to Michigan, Maryland, Rutgers, and and Pitt. I think those first three Big Ten squads have, have put themselves in a pretty good position. And it sounds like Michigan's pretty serious uh, about him. And we know that Juwan Howard's recruited at a very high level. So uh, I think it's going to be tough for Illinois to get in all the way in late, but they're going to try because I think uh, as you start to hear what Brad would be interested in, they obviously want Hansberry more than anybody in the class. I think he'd pair that with either a shooter or uh, another big guy that could be a shot blocker, and Conte certainly fits that mold. And on the note of shooter, uh, Brady Dunlap is someone that plays on Brian James's AAU team, Strive for Greatness, and he's 6'5", 6'6", uh, pure jump shot from the, from the outside and, and shoots it very well. You, you do wonder about I think defensively and athleticism is something that you kind of question. And can he defend the type of athletes that would be in the Big Ten? But he's got a handful of high major offers, Kansas being one of them. Not sure how serious Kansas really is at this point. But that's, again, that kind of goes back to can they find a shooter that fits, that's a, this, that is a good enough player to play in the Big Ten and wouldn't feel like a reach? Because that's kind of in the, in the rear view, reaching on guys yeah. – when you have so many options in the portal and and that kind of deal, so uh, they're going to try to figure that out here through the last month as they go into you know the real official visit season of the fall. Can they they pinpoint a shooter? Trent Pierce was a guy that was on their radar. He ultimately didn't visit Illinois and committed to Mizzou here recently, so he's off the off the board. But to your original point, there's not a whole lot of guys in 23 right now that they're very serious about. So kind of still evaluating, but. Uh, I think Conte is a big man, and, and Dunlap is a shooter, or two guys that they're going to continue to to look as they go through the rest of July. Yeah, it seems like shooter and shot blocker, right? Those are the two things they would want, along with maybe Hansbury, um, which makes sense. If Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins decide to, to move on, and then obviously somebody that you can bring along uh, after 
I guess it'd be Shannon Melendez Goody um, kind of group. You want somebody to develop behind them. I, I do want to give you a second, Derek. You seem like a big fan of Carlos Harris on Mean Streets, point guard in 24, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chicago Curie product, and he's had a really good stretch. I mean, playing in the shadows of three top 50 players on Mean Streets 2024, and he's had some big games. I mean, in the championship game on Sunday against the New York Rens. Harris was the reason Mean Streets even had a shot late. I mean, he had 21 points, nine rebounds, kind of like Andres Felice type vibes. I mean, he's not as Sold. big and so yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yep, bring him, bring him up. He's, he's not as big as and thick as, as Felice was, but he is a physical guard at about six two. It's got some strength for him at this at the size and get to the lane seemingly at will and, and finish through some contact. I think jump shot still needs to come along a little bit, but he's flashed that at times. And I just love the way that he he operates with those other star players around him. He doesn't feel like he needs to get his own a bunch. He kind of feels it out to where he can facilitate and set those guys up. But if if there's a, a time where he feels the need to score and his team needs that out of him, he can go do that as well. So uh, he's trending in a very positive direction. Illinois was the first D1 program to offer him. Uh, obviously, we know the connection that Tim Anderson has. It's just whether – was ZZ Clark already on board in that class? Would they take another point guard? How does that ultimately play out? Uh, that is one potential hangup, but I've been very impressed with what Harris has shown, and I, I think that he's deserving of a lot more offers, and I think if he continues it, it'll be more high major offers to his name as well. All right, Derek, before we wrap up, uh, I've seen a little bit of Kofi in the summer league, a little bit of Malcolm. I know you've been on the roads, probably haven't seen a lot of them. I think Kofi's got an uphill battle uh, to get a two-way spot with Utah Jazz. I do like that he's showing he can rebound because uh, that's how he does. He's got to do it through effort. Um, I feel like you know early on in summer league, I wanted to see him just run the court. Like That's how you are going to be in the league is effort and rebounding and dominating on the interior. But because Illinois is now recruiting at a level, that it is and because it can now switch to a play style that I think will be better in the NCAA tournament it feels like some people are maybe it's a very small minority but they're like oh it's better off without Kofi that oh Kofi made it harder for everybody else and I just want to push back on that a little bit because I think Alfonso Plummer, Jacob Grandison, Trent Frazier, Io DeSumo would all disagree with them. So, yes, I think oh, things open up for Coleman Hawkins more. I think this style of play will help Illinois uh, be more equipped for an NCAA tournament run. But Kofi Coburn was huge for Illinois, and he was huge for a lot of his teammates. So I don't know who I needed to say that to or if I even need to say it. But it feels like because this is all new, exciting, the talent is is changing, Derek, and I think it's great for Illinois in the long run. And yes, you were limited a little bit with how you played with Kofi, but Kofi was so dominant at what he did that he did make Illinois better, and he made his teammates better, especially those guys I just mentioned. So I just I had to say that I wanted to put it out there somewhere. No, I think it's a very fair point. I, I think that it does need to be said because I think. Some people get caught up in the excitement of the new and excitement of the new play style, which admittedly, yes, that is what is winning in the NCAA tournament a lot. Now, on the flip side, David McCormick was the big man for uh, national title winning Kansas and Amando Baycott for North Carolina. So I I wouldn't just say, well, you can't have a a big five man who's in the the middle there and, and win basketball games. And that's Kofi's not the reason you lost to Loyola. Now, I know that his defensive limitations played into like what Cameron Crutwood was able to do and 
Um, but yeah, I mean, look at the Big Ten and how many wins. He's been a huge part. And respect to Io, but you could argue Kofi is just as big of a reason, if not maybe even a little bit bigger of a reason why Illinois had this run of success in the Big Ten. Because around the league, there was a year where you had Garza and you had Oturu and Trace Jackson Davis and Dickens. Like every team had a legit big man that was at a, at a high level. And Kofi was able to battle those guys and was able to win you rebounding battles. I think one thing as you go forward in the Big Ten is like, how good of a rebounding team is Illinois going to yeah. be? I think that's a big part of Illinois being good defensively, getting stops is that you can grab defensive rebounds, that you could pencil Kofi in for an automatic double double. When you need a basket, you could throw it into Kofi to get fouled or, or put one in. Or now it's going to be maybe a wing going to try to make a play and make a shot. So, uh, yes, there is some defensive versatility that Illinois lack they're going to have now. There's there's going to be a pace of play that they can have that they didn't maybe have with Kofi. Uh, but, yeah, he elevated players to make open shots. And let's and be then, honest, Derek, he covered up a lot of issues yeah. of size that Illinois had. Like Him playing drop coverage was good because – Trent could play over screens, right? Like those guys could play that way, but he also covered up that, Hey, those guys were afraid to drive because you had that big guy sitting there. Um, so I, I just think he covered up a lot of those things. And as you said, they weren't a good rebounding team outside of Kofi Coburn. Right. Absolutely. So I think that, I mean, some people are just going to pinpoint the difference in play style, the difference in what this team's going to have versus Kofi is, well, there's no Kofi. Well, also, you don't have three guys in the perimeter that are 6'3 and below. Like, that's another thing. Like Having small guards was a limitation. Not being able to match up with Malachi Branham and Jaden Ivey and those type of guys is a big limitation as well. So, yeah, he didn't – Kofi didn't block a ton of shots, but he definitely altered a ton of them. And I think that uh, when you had – I mean, the – the bruising big guys throw it on the block and, and have those guys bang against each other. I mean, Kofi there to hold his own, hold his ground, just be a, a mammoth presence was was of great value, and, and it shouldn't be forgotten. And yeah, I think as far as the summer league goes, it, it, it hasn't been the most encouraging of signs as far as him sticking in the NBA. I thought last night where he had seven offensive rebounds and showed some ferocity around the rim was was really good. It's yeah. just haven't seen that for extended stretches and there's been times where he just hasn't finished at the basket uh, as well as he should and, and that's another thing that certainly factors in there's just there's just sometimes I'm watching him like go 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 harder and it feels like did he come in in the greatest shape I don't know if he did or not but it just sometimes he looks a little winded out there which didn't seem the case a lot at Illinois so that, that's why I was uh, kind of interesting but uh, it might be summer Derek but there's plenty of hoops to talk about as always and we always appreciate your time so uh, thank you as always Derek for filling us in man yeah man it's always fun Hoops 365 in Atlanta country. Gotta love it. That's right. Thank you, Derek Piper. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on our YouTube channel as well. But take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir Podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. 
It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.